Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The biggest cycling event ever. In August this year, the world's greatest riders will get together in Glasgow and across Scotland to compete at the highest level, make history and show the world the power of the bike. There will be 13 world championships across seven disciplines, taking place over 11 days and featuring the awarding of over 200 rainbow jerseys. The 2023 UCI Cycling World Championships will be an event like never before. Can you tell I'm excited? I'm Michael. And I'm John. And for the first time ever, BMX, track, mountain biking, trials, road and paracycling will come together and hold a combined world championships. And that's not all. Have you ever seen artistic cycling or cycle ball? Well, you will at the Emirates Arena this summer. This is Great British Bosses from Anything But Footy. And after the success of the Commonwealth Games and the Rugby League World Cup in 2022, this event is undoubtedly one of the highlights of the domestic sporting calendar. Hi, I'm Trudy Lindblade, Chief Executive of the 2023 UCI Cycling World Championships that will be held in Glasgow and across Scotland later this year. And I'm very privileged to be leading the team that's been charged with creating, planning and delivering this brand new world event for sport. Trudy, fantastic to have you on Great British Bosses. We are super excited about what is happening in Glasgow this year. But for those that maybe don't know, in the past, there's been separate world championships for BMX, for mountain bike, road, all the different disciplines that we've highlighted in our intro. This is something brand new, something unique, and the first time you've ever done this. Tell us a bit about it. It is. It is bringing all of the Cycling World Championships together for the very first time. So uh, the UCI president, David Lepartient, when he first came into his position, he part of his manifesto was to create this event that would bring all the World Championships together. And part of it was forward-looking to consider that sustainable future of cycling. How can, how can cycling be bigger and better and make sure that we've got people participating in the sport, but also 
that broader element of, of cycling, which is just about riding your bike on the weekend or using it to get to and from work or however you might ride your bike. So, um, so by bringing the 13 World Championships together in one, it provides cycling its moment on the sporting calendar and it will provide its moment on the sporting calendar every four years. So each year, the individual World Championships will continue to be held in their single format. But then every four years on the year preceding the Olympic Games, the cycling world will come together with all the World Championships to celebrate cycling in all its form. Olympic disciplines, non-Olympic disciplines, some you may have heard before, some you may not have. And I think that's a lot of the appeal and there's a lot of stories to tell. And we still have this sporting calendar, which, if you like, has been compacted because of the pandemic and the shutdown. So in the same way that the Rugby League World Cup held in the United Kingdom in 2022 brought the men's game, the women's game and the wheelchair game together to make a splash on the global stage with a sporting event at the minute? Do you need to have that different kind of thinking? Well, I think that's the way sport is heading. So, you know, inclusivity, inclusivity is at the has to be at the core of what we're doing. So for us, I think it's about, it's bringing a point of difference together. So we've brought 13 World Championships together, but we've also brought para and able-bodied um, cycling uh, World Championships together as well. Um, and then in addition to that, we'll be, closing out the world championships with the elite women's race whilst the men's race will be on that first weekend so we're, we're doing things a little bit differently and that's what I'm really proud of and I know that the UCI were really keen to do um, in the establishment of this event along with our partners so yes doing something different making sure that we're thinking about all of our athletes and 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 providing the best possible platform for them to achieve their best um, and that might mean not that might mean doing things just that little bit differently so for us um, track cycling is a really good example you'll see for the first time a fully integrated track schedule so para and able-bodied track now that's a really complicated thing to do when you've only got a certain number of days that you've got to fit that in you've got to fit training in and we've got one olympic sized velodrome here in Glasgow and it's an amazing velodrome as we all know um, but you know we we have to fit that in a certain period of time so um, for us though that's not too hard because we know the outcome is going to make all of that work worthwhile. Trudy how big could this be and the reason I ask this question is I've covered the Olympics Michael and I've covered the Olympics since 2012 and I always remember being told this is 26 world championships in one that was what the Olympics was so you've got 13 World yes. Championships. So that's half the size of the Olympics. So how big could this actually become? I haven't actually thought about that one, John, before, but you're right. When From a perspective, it is huge. And the, one of the analogies that we like to use is actually more relating to the Commonwealth Games in terms of size and scale, because in terms of the number of athletes and officials will actually be bigger than a Commonwealth Games of, of the athletes and officials coming into to Glasgow and Scotland. So we'll have around 8,000 um, athletes because we have a number of amateur competitions as well, which is, I think is another one of those sort of um, great things about this event because you combine that aspirational elite element, but you also get those people that, you know, are competing at the best in their age group or in their, um, you know, aspirational of the heroes. So um, from, from our perspective, um, the Commonwealth Games is a good benchmark, but we, um, because the UCI has 202 member federations, um, you know, it has that truly global scale. So it's a, it, we're, we're probably a blend between the two, to be honest, and it absolutely has um, 
it has the ability to be of significant size and scale. And in fact, the 2027 hosts are, uh, have got more than 13 world championships. So I know that they're keenly watching us in France um, to see what we do. And then they've got four more. I think they've got 17 world championships that they'll have to deliver. So there's elements of the sport of cycling that I'm sure many of many listeners and yourself might not have even considered before. And I certainly know that um, artistic cycling or indoor cycling were not something I'd had a great deal of experience in uh, before coming into this role. I won't ask you about them then. <laughs> can you tell, because I mentioned, I mentioned them in the intro, didn't I? Artistic well, no, cycling I can... and cycle ball. I'm assuming yes. cycle ball is like football. It is, exactly. It is. Um, but on bikes. But on bikes. So... Um, <laughs> It is. So those two sports, I like to talk about them, actually, because I think they are so different um, to what everybody is expecting. So the best way to describe artistic cycling is like gymnastics on a bike. You will see um, the athletes um, using the bike and they'll be, um, uh, I suppose, doing handstands. There will be two or three on a bike. So sort of if you think about cheerleading and you've got the triangle of people on a bike, you can't see my hands. I'm trying to describe that visually, but that's not helpful. Um, so it's beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. And you can hear a pin drop in, in, in the venue. And then it's intertwined with cycle ball, which is football on a bike. So a ball that is hit with the, the front wheel, which is really hard to do. It's um, two against two. Um, and again, so then you've got the raucousness of that sport. And that's you've got this juxtaposition of two very different sports, but in the one event. And it's very much in the heartland of Netherlands, Germany, and, and, and in that area of Europe. So you can imagine the type of audience that also um, heads along to that. And it's a really um, informed and engaged um, audience that um, I think for those people who'd like to see what it's all about in Scotland, um, will have a really terrific time because they'll be able to learn from those around them. Um, because we do know we'll get a lot of people coming out um, from those countries to see the indoor cycling events. I've covered Tour de France, Grand Depart, when it was in Yorkshire. I've covered every edition of the Tour de Yorkshire. And the thing that makes it for me is that opportunity for riders, amateur riders, enthusiasts, if you like, to ride the same course as the elites do later on in the day. And that was important to you in your event. And you've got some of those mass participation events that people can get involved with in the summer. As actually part of formal parts of the event with the World Championships, we've got the Grand Fondo, um, which will be, um, which there are qualifying events being held around the world as as we speak um, for for participants to come and qualify here um, in Scotland. Um, and then we've also got um, the Mountain Bike Marathon and also uh, the BMX Challenge, which are all amateur competitions. And, um, you know, think about the BMX Challenge where you've got around 2,000 um, you know, young kids to older adults to, um, you know, they're wearing their country's colours competing as amateur athletes. And then, you know, the following days, you've got the best BMX riders in the world competing for their world championship. So um, that's what I really love about this event is that opportunity. But then separate to that, we will also be working with Scottish Cycling, having opportunities for you know, people to experience the power of the bike. So experience the world. So how do we get more people riding their bikes and being part of this event? And we're working with Scottish Cycling on how 
we can benefit, but they can benefit from a local perspective with getting more people on their bikes, more people into their clubs um, and more people competing as well. So um, there's more to come certainly on, on, on that element. We're working very closely with them, but yes, we'll be providing opportunities where we can for people to touch and feel and experience um, this event in many different ways. Since you arrived in Glasgow, have you heard the phrase pure, dead, brilliant? I don't no? think I have heard. I've heard lots of different phrases, Michael, but I don't know if I've heard that one. You better explain more. Pure dead brilliant was a phrase used at the closing ceremony of the 2014 Commonwealth Games by the president of the, the CGF. And it's a it's a bit of local vernacular, if you like, to how good that event was, the 2014 Commonwealth Games. Why this event then? Why Glasgow? Why Scotland? Well, Scotland is the perfect stage for major events, isn't it? And I think uh, events like the Commonwealth Games in 2014, the European Championships in 2018, both multi-sport, really large events, along with those one-off world championships that that Glasgow has also held, um, has put um, them in good stead. And it's not just also about those Olympic sports. If you think to Ryder Cup, Solheim Cup, the home of golf, um, and not just on the sporting landscape, but also the cultural landscape. Think of the festivals held um, each year um, in August, um, the Fringe Festival. Um, so there are so many different major events here in Scotland that it's just got the perfect landscape. So it's got a ready-made um you know, audience of people that love attending major events. You've got experienced people in delivering major events, whether it be councils, funding partners, government, um, and then you've got venues, terrific venues. We haven't had to build a venue for this event. We will be coming in using existing venues. We will be making some tweaks to venues. Um, The most work we'll be doing is down in the Tweed Valley in um, Glen Tress, working with Forestry Land Scotland um, and our and the Scottish Borders Council down there um, to to as part of the master plan because we're doing so much mountain bike um, building that as the home of mountain biking in the south of Scotland. Um, so that's where we'll be doing the most work. But that is minor compared to what many major events will often have to bring with large scale infrastructure. We've got it all. And I think that's one of the benefits of cycling races as well. You don't need a lot apart from a velodrome when you do need that velodrome. <laughs> now, there's a slight accent that I can hear, Trudy, that's not quite Scottish uh, coming through at the moment. And I do want we do want to talk to you about your career and how you've come uh, to be in charge of these uh, cycling world championships. But tell us, firstly, how people right across the UK, right across the world can come and support it and watch this event? So, of course, we'd like as many people as they can to travel to to Glasgow and Scotland for this event because I can tell you moving to Scotland for the very first time, I hadn't been to Scotland before I took on this role. I'd always wanted to go to Scotland and then this opportunity came up, so I was fortunate. So it's an incredible country with incredible landscapes and cities and all of those things that you're looking for. But then we've got this amazing event. So tickets are on sale. Um, you can get them through um, through Ticketmaster or through our website, cyclingworldchamps.com. Tickets start from as little as five, uh, £5. Um, and, you know, we are, you know, selling tickets to sort of the big events such as the track cycling, the mountain bike downhill. Um, there's also all the free events. It is such an accessible sport. You can be lining the roads. You know, if you live along a course route, for example, you can be taking your deck chairs down to the end of your driveway. You can grab your tipple of your choice, you know, your baguette, your ham, your cheese, and you can sit there and enjoy. You might bring your haggis if you're here in Scotland, but, you know, I'll, I'll leave that to people to decide. But 
and you can just enjoy um you can enjoy the cycling but if you can't make it here in person it will be um uh, broadcast globally um around the world and um, we'll be announcing all our global broadcasters shortly but it is um and that's something that we're really excited about and we've also already announced that it'll be live on bbc around the uk um so you'll be able to watch it on tv on streaming and on digital and it's also really important to work with local communities and you're doing that as well and working with uh, certain local groups and, and making sure that funding goes their way as well. Absolutely. So with the Scottish Government funding this event, it was really important for this to be, and you'll hear you'll hear me talk about it and you'll hear others talk about it, to say this is Glasgow and across Scotland. So this is a truly pan-Scotland event. Glasgow is the hub of this event and then um, we were trying to keep everything within a 90 sort of one and a half hour 90 kilometer radius of Glasgow which isn't always easy because you need a mountain for a mountain bike downhill event so we're sneaking a little bit further up to Fort William um, which is a stunning place to to go um, and is home of of the mountain bike downhill here in 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 Scotland you know hosting the World Cup for the last 20 or so years so um, so that's what we've tried to do. And then in addition to that, we've got a number of inspired by projects that um, wouldn't have happened um, if it weren't for the 2023 Cycling World Championships. So we've got an £8 million facilities fund. So we've got um, facilities being built all around Scotland as a um, as a legacy and an outcome of this event. So you'll see pump tracks going up, you'll see BMX tracks going up. And these are in small communities in Scotland so that the kids can get out on their bikes, adults too, um, and experience, um, you know, that freedom and, the, and that power of the bike. Um, we've also got a communities fund, which um, we uh, pulled together with Events Scotland, um, Sports Scotland and ourselves, which is so that we can engage with all 32 local authorities here in Scotland. So if the local authorities want to run an event in and around this event or in the lead up to, how can we support them in doing that? So we get as many people as we can talking about cycling, talking about the event and talking about the power of the bike and getting to use our great squiggly bike logo, which is this sort of um, free form bike or whatever you want it to be. And that logo, we've worked with the UCI to make sure that that can be used long after the event. And the UCI have granted us the approval to use their rainbow stripes, which they don't give away lightly because, as we know, that's what the world champions wear and they wear that with pride. But that those little rainbow stripes will live on in our legacy logo and that is something that is, you know, really important to us and we're very grateful to the UCI for seeing our vision and allowing us to do that. Well, if people are listening around the world and they are heading to see that mountain biking at Fort William, McTavish's Kitchen would be a good restaurant recommendation there get a proper scottish welcome and if you're heading up to watch a little bit of cycling around loch lomond the, the drovers in would be a, a pub recommendation as well i think uh, people might have heard of, of that one let's talk a bit about you though trudy as we are on great british bosses from anything but footy um what has brought you to this job experience in cycling before and before that cricket um, absolutely. So um, my background is sort of mainly in, in, in those two sports. I worked for a number of years in cricket um, for 
it was the Australian Cricket Board back then. So now I'm showing my age a little bit and then Cricket Australia um, and then spent a number of years and then working, um, also fortunate to work with the International Cricket Council and heading over to the um, to the 2007 uh, World Cup uh, in the West Indies where I was based in Jamaica for, for 18 months. So Oof, nice. a few stories to tell about, about my time there, but to, delivered an incredible event in, in certainly challenging times. So that was... Um, nine countries 13 venues so um that was that was that was significant um and then got got a chance to work in cycling um i, I did a couple of um sort of smaller things in in a couple of olympics um olympic games sports but the um to to head up or to work on the on the 2010 road world championships were held in um geelong and melbourne and um, that was the first time the road worlds had been held in the southern hemisphere so there was a lot that we had to do to get um, uh, to, I suppose, to get people to understand the benefits in the sport of cycling from an elite perspective, but what that that what they can leave behind for communities and and um, and off the back of that, cycling was really developing as a sport at that time. And we held the Road World Championships, and then I went on to the Track Cycling World Championships, and then Cadell Evans won the Tour de France in 2011, the first Australian ever uh, to win the Tour de France, and. The state of Victoria at that time were looking to to um, uh, how they could build on the on the World Championships in 2010, and and Cadell was won the Tour de France, and people were wanting to name bridges and roads and that after him, and and that's that was probably not what Cadell was after. And then this race called the Cadell Evans Great Ocean Road Race was born, and that was part of my sort of foray into into World Tour cycling. And then I'm here in in Glasgow and 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 Scotland running this this incredible event um, for, for Visit Scotland and, and the Scottish Government and our partners in the UCI. So I feel very fortunate and privileged to be to be in this position. I like the fact he was getting bridges named after him. When Bradley Wiggins won it in 2012, all we let him do was ring the bell at the start of the <laughs> Olympic opening ceremony in London. Um, I want to ask a little bit more about you then and your, your style of leadership. Is this the, the biggest challenge that you have taken on and how attractive was it that your job was to try and deliver something for the first time, something new, something where you maybe had a blank piece of paper. Absolutely. So this is certainly the biggest event that I have have certainly led um, in terms of challenges. I referred back to the 2007 uh, Cricket World Cup. You know, when I look back and reflect and when I was thinking about this role, I was going, well, you know, nine country, nine countries, 13 venues, you know, that was pretty tricky. It was a different stage in my career. Um, you know, I was um, I headed up the the events team for that, and I've done a lot of things since then. And it's it's um, and in and around cycling, but there was probably a little bit of fear, a little bit of challenge, and a little bit of excitement about you know this brand new event. And I remember I remember seeing it advertised, this role advertised, and you know CEO twenty twenty three UCI Cycling World Championships. And I'm like, oh, I'd love to do that role. Oh, it's in Scotland. It's a long way away. Um, you know, am I ready? All of those sorts of things that you go through is that next step in your career. And and um and I and it wasn't, it was a little nudge from one of my mentors um who said to me, I think you should put your name in for that, Trudy. Um, I think you could do it and you could do it well. And and I probably needed that nudge, um, particularly because it was, you know, on the on the other side of the world. And it was and you know, it is, it is a it is a new sort of leadership um job for me where but a, but a great opportunity. And I think for me, it was about being involved in something for the very first time. 
a sport that I love. I've become very passionate about cycling. I, I, I'm, I, I ride on the weekends with my kids and I ride to and from work. That's the extent of me. I, I've tried indoor cycling as well. I, I, we have a we have the, uh, you know, Zwift indoor trainer and all of that, and I get on that. But this role for me is a really important one, and it's been a really challenging one coming over. I moved in the middle of the pandemic. I've established the team completely, you know, the first probably 30 staff were all virtual, virtually interviewed. I was virtually interviewed. Um, so, you know, I say I took a risk coming over here, but, you know, Visit Scotland and, and the event funding partners took a risk on me as well. So, you know, we've all come in this come in this together. My style of leadership, though, is I'm a collaborative, I have a collaborative style to my to my leadership. I like to make sure that um, I'm bringing my team along the journey with me. Um, and that's been hard to do when you do that remotely. Um, and you're doing that all virtually and in the middle of a pandemic. And then some of the other, obviously, um, macroeconomic factors that we've had to deal with, with inflation, the war on Ukraine, cost of living, and we're still experiencing that today. So, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I'm in the middle of it. It's 148 days to go. Um, We've got an incredible team. We've got hugely supportive funding partners. And that's what you need to deliver something brand new for the very first time in quite challenging, in quite a challenging environment. So I certainly feel well supported and I certainly feel my background has held me in good stead to take this step into this role. You said your friend gave you a nudge. But as you actually said, you interviewed, you joined in October 2020, and it's hard to remember what that was like. It was in the middle of the, the, right in the middle of the pandemic, moving country, moving the other side of the world. We'd heard all these stories about how people hadn't seen their families and all that. It's such a, such a personal decision, but such a challenge that you wanted to accept. Absolutely. And that's, we, we actually went through that when I first put my name in for the role that was in January or February in 2020. So the pandemic hadn't even started yet. So, um, and I did, I think my first interview was was February. Um, and then once we got into it, um, you know, I said to my husband when we were we sort of were getting closer, I said, we've got a, we've, we've got a really hard decision to make here. We're in a pandemic. This role is just such a good opportunity, I think, for my career. What a great property to 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 be working on in a country like Scotland, you know all the ingredients there with a, a really great set of partners. But also, you know, I was um, the board um, members were starting to come through at that point in time as well. So I knew we had a really strong board, and it was like this is something we really need to do. But we're in a pandemic, and if we leave Australia, we don't know if we'll we don't know when we're going to get back because at that point in time. We had to fill out a piece of paper to leave Australia and the government had to approve it. So um, so it was like, are we going to do this? And we sort of sat down, had those discussions, you know, you know, he's a photographer, what's he going to do? How are we going to do that? We went, you know what, our kids are at the right age. How often do you get these opportunities? And let's go for it. If I'm successful in this role, then that's it. We're going for it. And I was successful and the rest is history. We're here. Um, went from one lockdown to the next lockdown. So there was quite a bit of lockdown happening in the first uh, first little bit. But you know what? That all just seems like so long ago. You know, I'm in the office, you know, pretty much every day of the week um, with the rest of the team. And, you know, yes, we're still dealing with some of that, the flow-on effects of the, of the pandemic. You know, I talk about people, pennies and process. Um, and, you know, some of those things have been completely challenged by having to start this event during um, a lockdown but 
you know, when you've got good people, you can do amazing things. Well, we're so glad that you did come. Um, Paul Buxton is the chief exec of GB Taekwondo, and he's a previous guest on this series, season four of Great British Bosses. He told us that the UK is still the best place to put on a multi-sport event or putting it on world-class sporting events. As an Australian, but here as a Great British Boss, where, where do you stand on that? Oh, that's a really tricky but very good question. I have to say um, I can't lose being an Australian and, and also living here in the in the UK. Um, I have been really impressed with the um, with our with with the partners that we've got with this event, with how the with how the partnerships are structured, and certainly with um, UK Sports, Scottish Government, and Glasgow um, Glasgow City Council in particular. Um, you know, certainly working as one to to deliver this event. Um, now, each of those funding partners comes from a different perspective. If you think about UK sport, elite performance, high performance, you know, Glasgow as a city and 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 the Scottish government. So, but you bring all that together and you mould that together, and and you know, you you deliver great outcomes. So. Um, I think the fact that you've got Europe on your doorstep, that you've got great infrastructure and certainly the people, I I think though there's been some challenges that have been brought out through that. So with Brexit um, and some of the changes there, you know, we don't have the workforce that I would have said that probably existed before the pandemic and before Brexit. We've seen people leave the industry um, so I think there's some of those factors. Some of the Australians that I thought I might have been able to pick up as part of my workforce to supplement the great UK resources that we've got, which is often the case. You know, we haven't been able to do that. And some of that's been because of just the sheer number of events that were held in late 2022. So as a spectator, incredible. You had a feast of sport at your fingertips and watching them in the same time zone I've got to tell you not being up at two o'clock in the morning is absolutely brilliant sometimes I I sit watching the tv and I'm like oh my goodness this is brilliant um that's been really interesting for me because I did think coming over here there'd just be this significant group of people um and I still probably don't fully have the answer but I think it's a mix of the incredible event calendar that was there obviously not purely by choice, but, you know, it would have been an amazing event calendar anyway at the end of 2022. And then um, you've got people that have probably made life choices in the last two years about, you know, I've started doing something different during the pandemic and I quite like doing that. Events are hard, you know, they're brilliant. We love them. They provide this adrenaline that you probably can't describe until you're in it. But they're also really hard work. And, um, you know, when you've been doing it for a long time, um, there sometimes becomes a point where people go, you know what, I might have a little bit of a change. So um, and I think some of that's happened during the pandemic. But I definitely have felt the support. And I think that I certainly think the UK is a great spot for hosting major events, undoubtedly. That said, of course, um, the eyes of the world will be turning to the southern hemisphere. And I'm not going to accept from you an answer to my next question that you're 100% focused on the UCI Cycling World Championships. We will take that as read. But you must have half an eye on the fact that 2026, Australia will be hosting a Commonwealth Games and then Brisbane hosting the 2032 Olympic Games. These are both back home for you, aren't they? They must be something that's maybe there on the horizon for you. 
Absolutely. Well, you know, it's really, it, it's great that Australia has been, uh, you know, obviously awarded those events and certainly the Commonwealth Games coming back to Melbourne after the 2006 uh, Commonwealth Games. And I was actually living in Jamaica um, during that time prepping for the for the cricket um, for the Cricket World Cup, but I did have the good fortune. A friend of mine got married um, the the week before the Commie Games, so I made it home and I made it to some of those events. And boy, it was incredible. So I can see, you know, that that excitement building again for for twenty twenty six, and also a different model, which is also really interesting. So how Victoria is um, decentralising that model, bringing in the regional cities, and using using the Commonwealth Games as a legacy impact for, um, you know, so social housing and, you know, some of those sorts of elements, but also building on those regional communities. And I can understand that from my time working for Visit Victoria, where, you know, regional communities like here in Scotland are just so important. You need to make sure that you're you're bringing in those um, bringing in those communities. So from that perspective, and then um, of course Brisbane in 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 2032. What what a um, what an opportunity for for Australia um, off the back off the back of the Sydney Olympics in in 2000. I remember the Sydney Olympics and and just the the boost that that gave, similar to London in 2012. It, just the boost that it gives the the major events and sporting industry the people that it brings in, so people that have not worked on these events before. And then, you know, as some of us older people, I won't say us, like I won't put you gentlemen, fine gentlemen in that, but as we Feel free. work our way through our careers, um, you know, we're bringing the new, those new lifeblood through and major events needs that and major events, the size and scale of the Cycling World Championships or an Olympic Games, the Commonwealth Games, that's the cycle, isn't it? It's the cycle of life and, and it's a cycle of major events and, and we need those new, young, you know, bright people coming through to be the leaders of the future and that's what major events and events of size and scale can do. Before Michael asks the last question, it's literally just dawned on me, Trudy, that when Brisbane holds the 2032 Olympic Games, it's 32 years since Sydney. Mm. That's three decades. That is, I mean, we are, we are in that age. It's, I can't believe that. It's actually quite scary. It's now just leaping out at me and I'm like thinking, 30 years. Holy schmoly. I didn't mean to do that, John, but yes, it is. And and you know what? I can still remember some of it as clear as day. Exactly. We were up in the wee wee small hours over here watching Sir Steve Redgrave win his fifth gold medal. Yeah, it's it's incredible, and and you know if you think to you know London, um, twenty twelve, it's the same thing. Uh, you know that'll be twenty, twenty. Oh. I'm, I'm putting it all into perspective. Aren't yeah, I'll you stop. are. I'm going to yeah, stop please. now. I'm stopping. <laughs> so very neatly, you are back on message talking about the cycle of major sporting events. Let's talk about yours. Less than a hundred and fifty days to go. The third to the thirteenth of August, twenty twenty three. The UCI Cycling World Championships, we said 13 world championships across seven disciplines. What is your final message to someone listening to Great British Bosses now about why they should come and get involved, whether that is as a spectator, a television viewer, a volunteer? Why should they come to Glasgow? Why should they come to Scotland? Why should they support your events? I think you've actually summed it up perfectly because this is an event that's going to be done for the very first time. So you want to be part of that. So come and be part of something for the very first time 
in an incredible country like Scotland where you can come and watch the cycling and then afterwards you can, you know, go and explore some of the, the locks, the towns, the coastlines, have a dram of whiskey if you like or or, or whatever it is that you, that you enjoy. Tickets are £5, so it's not, you know, we've, we've made sure that we've priced this so that it's accessible, but also that you can just learn about the power of the bike. Um, for me, it's as simple as that. What we want to do is make sure that we provide a platform for our athletes to be the best in the world and be the best that they can be. But also we want people to also realise that the bike is more than just a humble bike and more than just something to win world championship medals on. You can use it to get to and from work. You can use it to ride with your kids. You can use it for your mental health. You can use it to ride around Scotland as you see the beautiful sights. So if we can give that message about the power of the bike, give you an amazing experience in Scotland, which I know will give you, and we can give the athletes the best platform to be the best they can be then, and you've had a great time watching it and taken home some wonderful memories, then I think our job is done. Well, drama whiskey, that'll do for me. Uh, we look forward to seeing you there in Glasgow, seeing you in Scotland in August. Trudy Limblade, CEO at the 2023 UCI Cycling World Championships in Glasgow. Thank you for being a pure, dead, brilliant guest on Great British Bosses from Anything But Footy. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.